0: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see
0: Flexibility is the greatest strength, as said by Stephen Redhead from Life is Simply a Game. Hello, and welcome to Express Yourself, we're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and the theme for our show today is The Gift of Flexibility. And today, my co host is one of our popular reporters making her debut as a host, Katie Chu. Thanks, Katie, for hosting with me today. I know you're going to do great.
3: And I'm Katie Chu, and I'm really excited to host for the first time on our program today with DeAsia. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit org to make a tax-deductible d- donation and get more information about how you can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always the season for giving, so give big. Today, we have Asia with us to discuss her views and thoughts about flexibility through her segment, Social Responsibility.
0: All right. So I think we can all agree that life as a college student or high school student is pretty tough. And it's hard to find balance, and it's hard to find time, and um, and it's really hard when things don't go our way. And it can be frustrating, but the best thing to do is to be flexible. And when you're flexible in life, it lets you, it lets you gain a whole new perspective on life, and you learn how to deal with conflict and obstacles. And you'll see that life is very unpredictable, and unless you can predict the future, uh, you know, things you won't be able to really... Understand how life how life flows. It has a very interesting flow and it's always evolving and it's always changing uh, And it's always good to be ready for those changes But how can we be more flexible and how should and why should we be more flexible? So the first thing really is being more open-minded and it allows you to create more ideas uh, when you're open-minded you're able to really accept the outcomes of, of uh, certain consequences And it lets you see the bigger picture of what's really going on. And you don't become distressed as easily when something doesn't exactly go a certain way that you wanted it to. Because I'm sure you guys have all experienced this when you're working towards a goal or you're working towards something and you're fighting really hard to get this done, uh, this certain thing done, and then something comes up and it doesn't necessarily go your way. It's either ruined or you have to do something different or you have to veer off course to do something that you weren't, really expecting to do and the best way to deal with that is to understand that that's going to happen and to be more open-minded on how you can do things differently and more open-minded on the fact that life is going to change no matter what you do and another thing to do is to view change as really an opportunity and if everything was always the same there would be no opportunity for for something new nothing new comes out of repetition so if you're trying to, to do something, and you're not seeing the results that you want. You're not experiencing what you need to be experiencing through this, through this uh, endeavor that you're going through. And you, and you end up doing things the same. You're not going to really see the result that you want. And I learned that through being a small business owner and a college student. I realized that doing things the same way for certain things would not bring about different results. I wanted something to change with my business and I just kept doing things the same and I really wasn't open-minded about being flexible with the way I I ran the business and the way I uh, had the mindset of really promoting my business. And once I really accepted the fact that I needed to do something different and I needed to change things up, I, I had to view change as an opportunity to grow my business and in college I had to view change as an opportunity to further myself in my education because at first I was taking a business degree you know I thought okay well I'm taking a business uh, degree because I own a small business so why not and I was taking classes that had to do with the business degree and I really wasn't enjoying myself as much as I thought I would and in the back of my head I was always thinking well isn't college supposed to be, you know, a great experience that you that you go through and, and you'll love it, and even though you have homework, you're still enjoying it. So I really thought to myself, I was thinking, you know, do I should I go on with this business degree or, or should I do something different and see what happens? So I decided to change my degree to communication to be more flexible with my with my uh, view on my career and uh, my view on my future and i decided to do something different to see what would happen and once i took that communication degree i thought man this is really cool and this is actually really exciting because this semester instead of taking the business statistics course and the business communication class and then this other class that i needed to take if i were to keep going with my business degree and said now i'm taking interpersonal communication psychology and another english course that i'm required and this interpersonal communication and psychology course really opened up my mind on how people communicate and how people work, and it really opened up my eyes on my perspective on how we interact with each other. So if I wouldn't have changed my degree to communication and just decided to go with the flow and you know not really do anything about the fact that I wasn't having fun with my business degree, I really wouldn't have opened up my mind to this new piece of education that I could have had if I when I did switch to communications. And uh, another thing to really be flexible in life is to have a plan B. And uh, that really wasn't the case with me when I was younger. I was always thinking, okay, this is where I wanna go, this is what I wanna be, and this is what I wanna do. And nothing's gonna change that. And that was when I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer. And I still wanna be a fashion designer. I still want to design clothes. But I've discovered new things that I also want to do. So when you have a plan B, it's not necessarily an excuse to not try as hard in what you're doing, but it's really allowing you to be willing to accept the fact that something may not work out the first time. So try something different. So I was realizing that, you know, if I want to be a fashion designer and if I want to go down the course that I have been envisioning in my head, I'd have to take a certain path of education, and I really wasn't able to afford that, and I wasn't able to go to the art school that I wanted to, and I I felt like my dreams were crushed, I felt, man, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this if I can't go to this school and get this education, and how am I going to do this without any prior knowledge of how to run a fashion uh, industry-based company? And in my head, I was thinking, man, I don't know if there's anything else I really want to do and I because my whole mind was just dead set on becoming this fashion designer. And then I as I grew older I started to realize different passions I had such as art, you know, painting, you know, uh, hosting on radio shows and, and talking on air and and talking on podcasts and being able to create those connections with people and being a business owner and also being a mentor to Pre-teens and college students and seniors and juniors in high school who were aspiring to be a CEO themselves. So once I got into new things, then I started to to really have a plan B besides being a fashion designer. So really being a fashion designer has become a plan B because I have decided that I've discovered new passions in life. And when I started as a business owner, I had a business plan A business plan for a 13-year-old, you can imagine what that looked like, but it was really kind of simple. It was me just building something off of what I had already knew, and I didn't really know how to run my own company as a 13-year-old. I had just come out of middle school. I just graduated eighth grade, and I was about to move to a new state, so I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. And so I was thinking, well, if this isn't working, maybe I can do this. So really that plan B is not necessarily something that you can use as, a, oh, well, you know, if I fail, you know, oh, well, I just have something else that I can do. It's really about the fact that it's another way to approach what you're doing. When you have something such as a business or a project or a goal that you're working on and you, and you think of it as a way to really approach it in a new way instead of kind of giving up on it. You'll really be able to grasp that whole idea of having a plan B by uh, really understanding that not everything works out a certain way. So if you try something different, you may get different results and you might like those results. And another thing is to be excited to meet new people and, and create connections. So when you're flexible in life and you meet new people and you create those new connections that you make in your daily life, It'll really broaden your mind on society and, and the community and, and, way, and the way things work between people. And especially since I'm taking uh, a communications degree and I am pursuing that education, it's, it's really an opportunity to let people create those connections. So it's, uh, it's great when you allow yourself to, to have a mindset like
3: that. Yeah, I think that's extremely, like, very amazing that you were able to learn all this about being flexible and being, or, and being able to really adapt to changes that you weren't expecting and that you were able to learn this from your business as a 13-year-old and then apply it later when you were changing majors. These days, my dad, or these days, I've been kind of worrying about what major I should go toward mm-hmm. as I'm a junior in high school. And my dad keeps mm-hmm. telling me, even though it's important, you'll end up being flexible when you're older, and a lot of people do change their majors and even go toward different jobs after they graduate college.
0: They do. That's very, very true. I thought that I was going to go for business my entire college career and nothing else, and it turns out, you know, I went toward something completely different. So. <laughs> it's not necessarily something to really stress about the most, you know, if you feel comfortable with something, if you have the desire for a certain degree, you'll go for that, but then once you realize, oh, you know, hey, I I feel not as excited about this as I thought I would, maybe I can try this, and even if you're not as excited about the first degree, you can minor in that one and major in a different degree.
3: Yeah, definitely, that's, amazing that people really can, there are a lot of different ways that people can change their future and even mm-hmm. even go toward obstacles that they didn't expect them there to be. And even if there's changes in their plans that they planned a long time ago. Exactly, exactly.
0: And that's the best part about college, that it allows you to kind of adapt to these changes because it's not as uniform as high school. With college, you're pretty much just experimenting with your education for the most part, during your first part of your degree and your education, you're kind of just experimenting to see kind of how things go. And then once you find your niche, you're, you're kind of like, okay, I I think I've got it now. And, And then you'll go on and you'll get that education and you'll get that career that you really want.
3: Well, thank you so much, Asia. It was really wonderful to hear your insight about how you don't really have to, or life doesn't really have to go the way it planned. And often it won't, and that you can really change that. And then be able to adapt to it and not to be too stressed about it and it's always a great segment with you and i'm katie chu
0: and i'm amy gonzalez support our show and these amazing segments by donating to be the star you are charity that brings you this program and for more information on how to do this go to be the you are.org and follow our blog again that website is at www.be you are.org don't go anywhere as we continue our talk
1: You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit Express Yourself Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back
3: to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Katie Chu. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. In this segment, we have Shanda Han. Shanda Han is a best-selling author who uses her experience as a children's pastor, librarian, and bookseller to write popular fiction for teens. She has written several successful novels, including the Unenchanted series, the Iron Butterfly series, Underland, and most recently, her first book of the Neverwood Chronicles, Lost Girl. Thanks for being here. Thanks.
4: I'm excited to, to be here. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun today.
3: So, I have a question for you. What is the first thing you do when you sit down to write? Okay, shh. Um, it,
4: it's Facebook, truthfully. I mean, right? We check our Facebook. Oh, yeah. For, <laughs> I'm <laughs> exactly. supposed to be writing, but we're usually checking Facebook. Um, no, I get a lot of emails through Facebook, um, and it's I then I find ways to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and then uh then i really get down to work um so i'll usually spend a few minutes going over what i had previously worked on um the first last couple chapters and read up and get all the characters in my head before i start writing anything new
0: okay so procrastination aside how long does it take you to complete your book
4: um, I can usually write a book in about uh, two to three months. It depends oh, yeah. on what time of the year it is and um, how much time I have to write it or if I'm on a deadline. I write okay. faster when I have a deadline.
3: That makes sense, especially because with the deadline, you know exactly when you're working toward. And that's, <laughs> I can definitely connect with the procrastination issue
4: <laughs> <laughs> well writing is very creative it's a it's a creative art so it's really hard to to sit down in the moment and be like be creative right now okay and be funny right now wave a magic it. wand and now it, it doesn't quite work that way um so I try uh, to designate a couple hours each day to writing and if I'm not feeling it I'll move over to marketing
0: Good, good. That's, that's very interesting. You know, I could definitely relate to that where, the, you know, the creativity isn't exactly come when you need it to. Uh, and, you know, I'm kind of writing an argument for one of my English classes. And, you know, uh, for a couple of days, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to write about? And I hate when that happens. You know, def- I hate
4: writer's block. So how do you deal with writer's block? Um, I actually will, whenever I get stuck on a book, mm-hmm. I will start working on a different book. Okay. Usually I'm writing two books at once and whatever, if I get stuck or I write myself into a corner and I absolutely hate that book, I'm like, oh, I want to go write something fun and I'll go work on a different book that doesn't have a deadline and then it feels fun. And I give myself about a couple hours or a couple chapters and then I go back to my old project and it feels new again. That's so it's not to... it's not stopping; it's just changing gears for a little bit, and it feels like you're giving yourself a break, but you're still writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good way to approach it.
3: Yeah, that's a really interesting way, and definitely a way to really kind of freshen up your mind while working on definitely something like a book. And you mentioned that it's really hard for um, for it to naturally come, as writing is some creative process. And I've definitely heard from other my friends who are either writers or musicians who say that you can 't really make anything of your practice or make anything of your writing unless you 're really doing it when your creativity comes to you.
4: Yes, that is true, and um, it, creativity of all kinds art, music, um, writing can be draining, so you have to give yourself chances to be inspired. And um, whether that's going to the library and picking up other books or listening to music or going walking through the park, you have to um, recharge your battery, recharge your brain and your inspiration, and then you can pour out again.
0: Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people use that inspiration, you know, it comes from anything. And I think that's so wonderful about, you know, the creative mind is that you can draw inspiration from anything that you experience. So, where did you get your inspiration or idea for the Unenchanted series?
4: Well, the Unenchanted, the Unfortunate Fairy Tales series, is my best-selling series to date. Mm-hmm. And I was actually writing The Iron Butterfly. It's my epic fantasy series. And I was looking for a cover and I was browsing pictures on Flickr. And I came across this picture. It's like a Flickr's like a photo stock site of people yeah, uploading yeah. photos. And I saw this picture of this young girl in the woods with a red hoodie, and I went, "Oh, she looks like a contemporary Red Riding Hood. How cool is that?" And then I just kind of passed it and kept looking, and then uh, that image stuck with me. And even though I was trying to write my fantasy novel, that image kept coming back to me, and I'm like, "Huh? I wonder what her story would be. I wonder what would what it would look like if she was in present day a red." present day Red Riding Hood and then the idea Mm -hmm. of a curse came up oh it's a young girl with a curse and she has to complete all the grim fairy tales and then she gets to do all of them in present day and it just it it uh the whole story came from that one photo and then I got the photographer's permission he gave me the rights to it and the unfortunate fairy tale series was born
0: that's so cool that's such an awesome way to gain inspiration for something like that that's so creative
3: yeah, for, for such a great story, for a New York Times and USA Today bestseller to come from some passing picture on Flickr, is, that's really amazing. I wish I could do that with all my, all my work. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you are a New York Times and USA Today bestseller. So what does that feel like and how has that changed um, your life?
4: Um, it's kind of like climbing a mountain. You spend so much time trying to achieve a certain level, and in my head, I'm like, I want to be a New York Times bestseller, so I'm going to do that. And I climbed the mountain, and I did it. And then I was like, what next? (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of got stuck. I'm like, well, I don't know. And so I'm like, well, I'll just keep climbing, and I'll just kind of go for the next you know, mountain. And so I'm in that process of trying to find what is the next goal for me because everyone needs something. They need to have a finish line, a goal in front of them to work towards. Otherwise, our momentum sli- um, slows down. And I did feel that um, when I hit my goal and my, mem- my mem- momentum started to slow. Definitely, but other so- than that, I feel like a normal person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely relatable because you hit that peak and you're like, okay, now what do I do next? So how did you use your flexibility on being able to create certain scenarios in books to really create a different scenario for
4: your life and move on with new successes? Um, I get bored really easy, and I think that happens in my books. Um, I'm the queen of twists and turns. I give you something that's relatable, like on The Unfortunate yeah. Fairy Tales, something that you can... Like, oh, I think I know what's going to happen next. And then I twist it up. I change it up. So the same thing in life or um, the, anything that I do with writing. I'm like, I think I'm going to do this next. Oh, I'm looking for a different life event. Or I'm going to do a new hobby. And for me, when I hit the New York Times and came down and was looking for something different, I started roller derby. Oh, very cool. <laughs> so about oh. sitting at a desk, being very immobile to being on skates and you know knocking people out of the <laughs> out of the, out of the court yeah I started a very physical activity out of the blue twists and turns
0: so you just automatically decided to do something like that it really wasn't like a, oh well maybe I'll try this later it was just a spur of the moment kind of thing
4: yeah it was very much spur of the moment I'm like I'm gonna try something I've never done before I do like skating though um yeah. I do like being physical Great. so they they did go hand in hand that's good though.
3: Yeah. So after you reach that that peak of the mountain, you really just turn towards something completely different and something that sort of put a new thrill in your life. And as you mentioned, you're sort of like the queen of twists. And in your Unenchanted series, you can see from literally the very beginning, the main character goes from kind of a nobody to a hero to all of a sudden this someone who's um, at the center of sort of this curse and facing all these new unexpected obstacles. And you, you yourself said that you um, do incorporate flexibility. So how do you think that with you being flexible, how your characters also demonstrate flexibility in your story?
4: Well, I think when we get set in our ways and we're not flexible and we can't move with what the world throws at you, we fall into trouble. But there's no way, there's no way you can't learn or grow from that point if you don't allow yourself to be changed and you can't adapt from that experience. So in the very beginning of the book, um, Mina is very shy, very quiet. She doesn't think she's very pretty. And a lot of people can relate to that. But I make sure that with every experience, she grows, she gets confidence, she feels better about herself, and that she learns from everything and is at the end, I don't know if I want to ruin the whole series, (laughs) (laughs) she is on top of the world and you can't Mm -hmm. get any higher than where she's at. But if she didn't grow or change with each experience and didn't accept them, um, then she would have been stuck where she was mm-hmm. and that's how it is with us. If we can't change or let life's experiences alter our path we'll, we'll hit a roadblock and we'll stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely and that's, that's really the, the biggest message that we have on our show this week is is demonstrating flexibility throughout life because without change and you're really not going to see any other different results than than what you're seeing right now because you're not changing your outlook on life, which I think is great that you demonstrate that in your books.
4: Yeah. When life puts a you know a, a brick wall in front of you, look for a door or look for a ladder to crawl over it. That's awesome. That is
0: great advice. Well, thank you so much. And that was such a terrific discussion. Make sure to check out Chanda's website at www.chandahan.com. That's C-H-A-N-D-A-H-A-H-N. And during the break, please visit our radio site at ExpressYourselfKingRadio.com. for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I am Asia Gonzalez.
3: And I'm Katie Shu. Also, please visit our charity site at be the and watch our fun, informative videos at youtube.com slash be the Stay right here as we continue our amazing discussion on flexibility.
1: On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at be the staruradio.com. We don't care how you got here.
0: We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. And today on Express Yourself, we are discussing the gift of flexibility.
3: And I'm Katie Chu. Today we have been really diving in on flexibility. We have Shanda Han with us again. Shanda's book, Neverwood, is an interesting spin of the classic Peter Pan tale. Wendy doesn't have a recollection of what happened in Neverland. And years later, when shadow-like creatures start to make their presence known, she has to band with Peter and his misfit boys to fight these wrath-like shadows before the Red Schools take her back to Neverland. She is also a best-selling author of her book, Rain, an unfortunate fairy tale that is part of her Enchanted series. We are excited to have her back.
4: Hi, Shanda. Hi, I'm very glad to be here.
0: So we've had a terrific discussion so far talking about uh, flexibility and, and how your characters really demonstrate that and how we can really incorporate that into our lives. And you have a very interesting name for your main character. How do you pick your character's names? Where does the inspiration for that come from?
4: Well, Mina um, is actually short for Wilhelmina, um, and it's part of the Brothers Grimm. So the original Brothers Grimm's is Jacob and Wilhelm. So I actually had her named after her descendant, but most of my characters' names, um, I'm lazy and I <laughs> tend to choose very short names. I don't like to ta- uh, type out like really long names, like Anastasia or Isabella. My names are Mina, Nan, Brody, Ever, Nix, Kale, Chaz, Den. The shorter, <laughs> Those are the better. Cool names. Yeah, they are, and the shorter the, they're, the better to type because I'm just plain lazy.
3: <laughs> I feel like short names are also easier for the readers, too, and they, it, definitely it's easier for us to recall them and remember and think about them and talk about them, too.
4: And Yeah, I think they're easier on the eyes when you read them as well. I mean, sometimes I can get tired of looking at a long name. and like, no, nah, I don't want to pronounce uh, that.
0: I think you might as well just end up coming with your own nickname yep. for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: So you mentioned Mina is actually part of, well, part of the Grimm Brothers and kind of descendant of the Grimm Brothers, and most of your books are really based off of the classic fairy tales that we all know. For example, you mentioned um, that, um, well, your more, most recent book came from the classic Peter Pan tale, and you also have the Grimm Brothers and other fairy tales incorporated. So did you grow up with the classic fairy tales as a big part of your childhood? Um, I
4: had this old book and I don't even know how to explain it. It was just an old hardcover book and you would read one side of it would be like fairy tales. And then you flipped the book over and it'd be Greek mythology on the other side. And it was just, it was like a duology in one and it was a collection. And I read that book over and over and over because I had so many stories in that one book. I could take it all. So yes, I do love the fairy tales and, um, Peter Pan wasn't in that anthology, but um, another series I write, The Underland Chronicles, that one has to do with um, monsters and um, Greek gods. Oh, very. So, yes, I kind of combine my love of reading into new ways for everyone else to enjoy the same things.
0: I think the Greek mythology has a very interesting platform to write stories from because every single one of the Greek mythology
4: gods and goddesses have their own unique storyline. It does, and it can be reinvented in so many different ways, and same with the fairy tales.
0: Yeah, exactly, uh, especially with the fairy tales. They have their own kind of basic storyline that you can spin that off in whatever way you want. Mm -hmm. So what made you want to twist a typical fairy fairy tale storyline?
4: I I think it's just I just love to reinvent, and I love characters that I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, in the Neverwood Chronicles, the book Lost Girl, Tink um, actually has quite the potty mouth. She cusses <laughs> a lot. But, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't actually cuss in the book. Um, she wants to better herself be a lady, and she's very good at mechanics and computers. So she created herself a sensor band. So whenever she drops a bad word, bells ring out from her band and can <laughs> censor her. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm like, week. how can I make recreate Tinkerbell? Well, I'm gonna make her this really cool character and still bring the bells in. So whenever she's angry, there's bells. Um in the Peter Pan lore, there's uh the Lost Boys, there's two twins, twin one and twin two. And Peter doesn't actually know who they are. He can't tell them apart in, in the canon. Um so I thought it'd be fun in my book, it's kind of sci-fi that there'd be one boy and his name's Ditto, which is repeat. And his gift is he's able to replicate himself. Oh, very so cool. Neverland does experiments on kids and they all end up with superpowers. And then Neverland's on an island. And then Wendy and the Lost Boys escape the island. And then she can't remember what happened. So that's about yeah. what Lost Girl. So it's just that let's do something fun. And people go, I never thought of that. And yeah, that's what I love.
3: It's very cool. Yeah, especially with the um, Ditto, I totally didn't. I didn't imagine that Ditto had that kind of background behind how um, in the original canon, Peter Pan couldn't tell them apart, and that's why you decide to name um, that one boy Ditto. And that's really that's actually really humorous and also interesting and creative in a creative way to twist that original fairy tale. So this is a bit. Um, on different track, but what is your go-to writer's block snack? Um, it used
4: to be chocolate and uh, coffee. Um, I loved baking chocolate truffles, and I would kind of put a homemade chocolate truffle or espresso truffle down, and if I could write a whole chapter, I'd let myself eat that. But then that <laughs> didn't really do anything for me, <laughs> healthy-wise, and I was trying to, like, I need a better, healthier snack. So I actually love almonds, nuts, So I'm usually eating, I have bags of nuts, and I'll eat smokehouse-flavored almonds are my favorite.
0: What we do uh, in my family is we would buy a giant bag of almonds from Costco, Uh and we throw them in the toaster, and we toast them, and it makes them taste so good. So I think that would be a cool twist for your writer's block snack. They taste so good, because I can't really do raw almonds, so we, we bake them or toast them, and it makes them like this... Very sweet and nutty taste, and, and they
4: taste delicious. I also will do some where I can, I'll do the same thing. I'll cook them with maple syrup and butter and a little bit of coconut oil Ooh. on the um, and let that cook on the um, stove for a little bit. And then I spread that out over a pan sheet and bake it. And then so you've got a maple syrup. Oh, yeah, it's good. Okay, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry, yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, I can that's see lovely. your creativity also spreads here eating. It. Yeah. Oh, I love to cook. I love that, to
4: cook. That's really
3: <laughs> first time I'm hearing it. <laughs> so with this, um, with this block snack, and you have all these sort of, you've described a lot of the ways you think of your fairy tales and your inspirations, but how did this all lead you to choosing the, or eventually choosing the young adult genre?
4: Um, I used to be a children's librarian, and I was in charge of the Young Adult Book Club. And I struggled to find books for the teens that didn't have um, sex or drugs or cursing. There' was always something that I there that I wasn't really uh, that I didn't approve of and I didn't want to share and encourage people to read this and then go home and tell their parents hey the librarian said read this so um <laughs> yeah yeah and because a lot of the people that I had in my library were homeschooled kids so I decided you know what I want to write for that age I want to write for the teens um, mm-hmm. so not quite the young like the upper young adult but the younger kids and have very fun, clean content, and that could also be appropriate for schools and school reports.
0: That's good. So, how did you get into being a librarian for young adults? How long did you do that for?
4: Um, I'm uh, probably three or four years, and then we moved um, to Michigan. But before that, I was also a bookseller. I worked at Barnes and Noble in Lincoln, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and the Barnes and Noble at the Mall of America.
0: Wow, in Minnesota, That's yeah, very cool. That's got to be a huge store then.
4: (laughs) It it, it helps. It helps to um, work with books and know what people are looking for when they're coming in, um, you know, what people want and Mm -hmm. selling them books. And so I learned how to sell books and know what parents were asking for for their kids. And so I'll write that.
0: Yeah. Did that allow you to have time to work on any pieces
4: that you were working on or do you still do any um, work as a librarian now? Oh, I don't. I'm just a full-time, uh, writer. Um, and then, um, I volunteer and direct musicals and in ministry with our church a lot. So most of my
3: yeah.
4: free time is through the church or was roller derby or, um, working with my family and kids. Mm-hmm.
3: So I really admire your reason for choosing the young adult genre. The fact that you said that there aren't a lot of books where, um, maybe younger teens can really enjoy themselves with sort of this fantasy, this fairy tale storyline. I feel like after starting from kind of middle school, as kids are told to read more um, very classical, very dense novels, kids a lot of kids start to fall out of their love for reading. And there aren't as many books that we can just enjoy as fiction. Yeah.
4: Um, one of the most uh, reviews I get a lot of the emails I get is that you made me a reader again it's because I don't think I overcomplicate and everyone loves a fairy tale everyone remembers the fairy tale and if I can bring that back then I give them a part of their childhood and they enjoy reading again so that's the other reason I pick fairy tales
0: yeah yeah And, and you know they're very classic and everybody can really relate to them so, how did you create the the string of events from the classic Neverland tale? How did you come up with that storyline?
4: Um, I wish there was a, a set plan. Other than it was just I had this one idea, and I had about two years where I couldn't write the book, and oh, then wow. every couple, you know, because as a writing the Unfortunate fairy tale series. And then every couple months I'd have another idea and I'm like, oh, I want this to happen. And I want this yeah. to happen. And I knew the ending. I always know the beginning of my books and I always know the ending of my books. I know exactly what I want to happen. The character, you know, the last scene is very vivid in my head. Everything else, um, I'm a pantser and it means I write by the seat of my pants and I start it and then I write it and I Put all my feeling into it. And I might change it up a bit and go back, but I always end the book where I want it to be. So I didn't really have more of a plan. I just knew how it was supposed to end and I knew how it was supposed to begin.
0: That's very interesting. So
4: what is some advice that you would give to some aspiring authors out there? Um, I get this a lot from a lot of teens and I just want to say read a lot and write a lot. Um, there used to be that saying that it takes 10,000 10,000 hours um, to become proficient at something and for authors I think it's like a million words when you've written a million words you really start to find your voice and your character's voice and your um, style as an author Um, you can write from first person or third person but it's really about like your sixth or seventh book and I find that true because that's the one that hit the New York Times and that's the one that hit the USA was right when I hit that groove and if um, I didn't really start writing writing until I was 28. I wrote short stories before that. But if you are a teen and you want to start writing, start writing on Wattpad. Um, Wattpad's that a great place has, to start doing yeah, chapters definitely. and get get proficient and find your style now while you're young.
0: That is great advice. Thank you so much. So thank you for being with us here today, Shanda. It was great speaking with you, and it was great to hear about your books and and how you had some advice for that. And be sure to visit her website at shamnahan.com. that's C-H-A-N-D-A-H-A-H-N.com, to snag a copy of her book and check out her story. Her books are really great, and her storylines are very interesting. And be sure to stay tuned for our next segment. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be The Star You Are, 501c3 Literacy, and Positive Media Charity. For more info, go to events at our website and at www.btsya.org. I'm Adrian Gonzalez.
3: And I'm Katie Chu. Visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we'll continue our inspiring conversation.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America
0: Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about flexibility. I'm Asia Gonzalez.
3: And I'm Katie Chu. In this segment, I'll be telling you all about how flexibility can really play a role in your career in my Aim to Shoot segment. So flexibility, really, in terms of career, can apply to your workplace, to majors, to careers, to professional professional work and it really does is it really is important as a choice when you're making decisions for your career or professional future and people don't really realize or think about it too much but workplace flexibility can be a huge part of your life. Workplace flexibility can really be a difference between being happy where you're working or being unsatisfied or stressed while you're working and people often um, incorrectly believe that workplace flexibility has to benefit or harm either the employer or the employee rather than benefiting both. And with this kind of mindset, there are really a lot of different possible barriers to workplace flexibility in different companies and fields and workplaces. And for the employers and the employees, these possible barriers are different. So for example, for the employees, there's um, one that's really common, And that's excessive workload. And when you do have excessive workload, there really isn't any um, space for flexibility or even the time to think about flexibility. And this kind of limits your um, your ability in your workplace to really move around and sort of have choices and be able to relax while also being productive. Mm -hmm. And another possible barrier is manager skepticism. So... As employees, a lot of people do, are really conscious of what their managers are thinking and what they might think of how flexible and how um, relaxed they're being in the workplace. And this can often lead employees into the other direction, um, moving away from flexibility and really sticking to exact, exact time periods and working overtime or really doing things that do increase stress and may not be as productive. And then there's customer demands. So employees do worry about customer demands, and when employees do seem as though they aren't working as strictly to certain guidelines or certain workplace rules, um, customers can get a bit demanding and uh, disapprove of of this kind of atmosphere and work. And for this reason, employees won't look for workplace flexibility despite its many benefits. And then this is the most common, and it's the fear of negative career consequences. According to a 2009 study, nearly half of the respondents felt that there were negative consequences to taking to workplace flexibility because they feel like they'll look, um, they'll be portrayed in a negative light in front of their manager or in front of their employer. And for this reason, they'll avoid workplace flexibility and not even pursue it. And in some cases, people are just unaware of options for more flexibility. And in this case, it's really important that when you are going into a workplace, that you really do make sure that there's some sort of flexibility and that it really isn't too strict and too uh, really too stern of an environment for you to not be able to enjoy your work. And it's People don't really think about flexibility as much as they really should, especially people who do feel like they're getting stressed from their work. And a lot of people, according to several past studies, are just unaware of these options and find find out these options a lot later when they aren't really applicable. And of course, these are the many different possibilities, possible barriers for the employees, but of course, on the employer side, they also think a lot about workplace flexibility and whether to provide it or not. So with um, with employers, often one concern is supervision. If if an employer provides um, workplace flexibility and doesn't keep us um, harsh of a regulation around the workplace and its atmosphere, then it may um, occasionally get out of control, although this isn't um This isn't necessarily common in most cases, but employers do worry that it will be difficult to supervise everyone, especially if the atmosphere is much more relaxed and times aren't kept as regulated and stern. regulations aren't as sternly enforced. And of course, another concern is about treating employees equally. If employers are to give... Are to give their workers more flexibility and more decisions and ability to change their position, then there's always going to be a little skepticism about equality, and people will, some employees will look at other employees and point that they're being treated differently, even though they aren't. And this is always a concern in very relaxed atmospheres. And for the employer, this can become a huge problem and stress, especially for employers who have smaller numbers of um, employees because in this case they're much closer to the employees and this can become a much larger problem. And then there's concerns about abuse of policy, about the reactions of clients and customers if they if, you, if they discover that the workplace isn't necessarily sternly regulated, and then concerns about co-worker resentment. So on both sides, yes, there are many concerns, but Workplace flexibility can really move to improve work atmosphere and satisfaction, thus, in the long run, increasing production quality and quantity. So when you're going into a profession and looking for work, make sure that to some extent there is flexibility. There are people who really don't, uh, don't prefer this flexibility and prefer a more strict environment, and there are people like this once in a while. And, and if you are that person, then you don't need to really worry about workplace flexibility. But in the most case, over time, people, people start to look for and to want more flexibility in their work. And this is something you definitely need to consider when you're considering your future career. But moving past sort of the workplace flexibility, another form of flexibility in careers is with majors. So, when you're choosing a major, it's important and great to choose one with many employment options or a wide range of paths. Even if you go into a certain field thinking that you're going to be exactly um, this kind of person with this kind of profession, you always want the choice to go toward a different type of employment, even though it's in the same field. Because, as we talked about earlier in the show, you never really know what's going to happen in the future and often plans don't go as um, they were originally meant to. And in this case, it's great to have other choices. And that's why choosing a college major, even if you switch in the middle of college, is can be really important. And it's good to look at the number and the range of employment options that come with it. So for example, if you look at computer science, Computer science is a course that involves artificial intelligence, computer design, software design, data structures, and et cetera. And it is a complex compu- um, complex major that a lot of students are recently pursuing in college. And because computer science is sort of this wide field and definitely applicable in the world today, there are a lot of options that come with it. For example, there's computer systems analysts who examine an organization's existing computer system and design ways to improve its performance and efficiency. Or their software developers who design applications and computer systems. And then there's also data database administrators and network and computer systems administrators. And obviously, as computers practically exist everywhere, computer science is just really applicable in every community and every company, every field, um, every career, so there are a lot of options that come with computer science, and I do think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are pursuing this major um, in the the current world. Now, another major with a lot of options is English, journalism, and, and a communications degree, and with a communications degree, one thing that's great about it is it sort of teaches these general skills that really can be applicable in many different ways. One would be a writer, and um, with writing, you could have a major in English, journalism, and creative writing, and with and uh, of course, as a writer, you don't necessarily just have to be a freelance writer who write um, who authors books, but you can also be a technical writer or a scientific writer who really um, who really works for different companies and um, creates different types of writings. And with a communications degree, you can always pursue other types, such as news analysts, reporters, correspondents, public relations specialists. So you have all these different possibilities from um, these kinds of degrees. And other degrees with lots of options would be biology, accounting, business administration, of course, because you can really go anywhere with business these days. And graphic design also plays a large role in today's society and economy. So it has a lot of options and a lot of employment um, choices that you can go toward. And a third thing about flexibility is um, how it directly applies to careers. So with flexible careers, you definitely want um, a career that has a flexible schedule. If um, for a lot of jobs that don't have a flexible schedule and are completely from morning to end um, to the end of the day, completely filled, and you aren't able to ever take time off or have, um, or be able to flex- be flexible in your schedule, um, then this can become a great stress for you and the people around you and be detrimental to your career. So it's really important that you look at the flexibility career, um, schedule-wise for your career. For example, engineering, especially for freelance engineers, it's important to um, note that a lot of engineers can work part-time and remote and work can be temporary, and this uh, um, allows you to have some flexibility with the work. And the same applies to accountants and computer information systems managers, where often it can be short-term or long-term, and you have the choice to have that in full-time and part-time. And often you can telecommute. And you have these choices to um, really be flexible in your working schedule. And this can often relieve a lot of stress for you. It's really important to have career flexibility in your life because it can offer a lot of benefits, especially with um, convincing you to work, especially as a way to convince you and really make work more enjoyable for you.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that the flexible careers and flexible schedules are something that's very actually super important when it comes to a workplace environment. Because if you're constantly working a nine to five or even an eight to six or eight to seven job every day and you don't have the flexibility to really create time for yourself or something that will allow you to adapt to a different aspect of the job, it's actually a very big uh, contributor to stress levels because I can relate to that I have a job where it's really hard to find time off because we don't have a whole lot of employees and we also have a hard time trying to figure out schedules because I'm also in college. So if you are a college student or a high school student, it's really important to find a job that allows you to have that flexible schedule or something that allows you to be flexible with the talents and skill sets that you have and especially with your time because, you know, as a a student you also have friends, you have family members, you have extracurricular activities, and you just have to find something that's able to allow you to be uh, flexible, and you know you can really experiment with something like that. So thank you so much, Katie. Your segments are always great. I love hearing about everything that you have to do uh, with careers. It's super, super important for us, for our listeners, to really hear what you have to say about careers and and employment because it's really useful information for these young teenagers. So it's time to say farewell. Sadly, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and a Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt, and thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez.
3: And I'm Katie Chu. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to www.btsya.org and our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be flexible, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself.
2: you say so-